Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music. We are delighted to be in the studio again, and we're so glad you're joining us. And uh, we do want to encourage all of our listeners, if you are following us, to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter and all of those other media outlets and let us know how you are enjoying this podcast and how it's ministering to you. We, over the past few weeks, have been talking about this topic, gifts and talents, and we've got our very own Pastor William Carroll in the room with us. We're very happy to be here. Thank so you for having me. So glad to have him. He's no stranger to, obviously, the Times Square Church and no stranger to TSC Music, but, but no stranger to the Christian community in this city and, in fact, uh, around this country. And so we're going to be uh, diving into this brain of his and his heart of his. He is a teacher of teachers, preacher of preachers, I like to say. And uh, we're so glad uh, that we were able to steal you just for a little bit from downstairs and get you up here uh, in the room with us. We've got questions from Facebook about this topic over the past few weeks and another one today that we're going to address. Again, we've been talking about gifts and talents specifically as it relates to music ministry. And of course, that topic has spilled over into other areas of ministry, uh, gifts and talents. You know, we, we, we talked about the idea that gifts are given and talents are developed and we kind of mm-hmm. scraped the surface of that idea and got a lot of feedback on that. You know, one, one person, actually one of our staff members said that I've never received a birthday talent, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. I've always received yes. a birthday gift, you yes. know, yes. <laughs> yes. and that sparked something because it caused mm-hmm. us to think about talents. Of course, you know, when you look at the parables, you know, talents are given out and then uh, the expectation is that when they're returned, they're returned with having, uh, and I'll use the word interest for lack of a better term, or usury, the scripture says. Uh, So you bring it back bigger or greater than you received it. So you've done something with it. You've multiplied it. And and we decided that, at least I decided that I think I'm going to practice that next year with my children. Yeah. Uh, to give birthday talents instead of birthday yes. gifts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have them bring it back the next year and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you multiplied it. Excellent. But Pastor William, you've been with us before. You, you've sang with us. You've sang for us. You've ministered to us. And we're always so blessed here at Times Square Church. And before we jump into this topic, though, I want to take you back real quick. Two weeks ago, you preached a message, The Devil's Delusion, I believe it was titled. Yes. yes. Profound. I mean, you, you've, you've always brought us a profound word, but I think I listened to this one five times uh, in that week. And it just, you know, it's those little nuggets. And I don't want to sound cliche or sound like, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've arrived, but yes. Yes. <laughs> it's those yes. things that, yes. it's one of those things that you've known. Yes. Yes. But it took somebody, and it's in the air. Everybody knows it. Right. But it took somebody to put it into words Amen. for you to kind of grab it and Amen. and bring it down. And that's what it was like for me. The, yes. Just you've always known the devil's tactics, yes. and you've known his yes. uh, desire to uh, either take us to one extreme or another. You right. know, either either you are uh, if, if you know if, if you're rich, you're too rich, and you're yeah. evil. And if you're poor, then you're yes. poor, and God doesn't like you. That's He's always right. trying to that's get right. you to Absolutely. think. You Absolutely. know, one of the extremes. Yes. And um, but it's one of those messages where uh, I've probably re- recommended over the past two weeks to everybody Amen. to hear Amen. it and hear it and hear it again. Oh, One of those God. thoughts that you, you've known, but it took God to deposit it in you the way he did, yes. withdraw it out of you the way he did, yes. and package it and deliver it. So I was just uh, oh, praise the blessed Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. by it, uh, unlike yes. Uh, yes. like I've ever been before in a long time. So I want to thank you for that. Gifts and talents. Yes. Yeah. You, you, uh, and we're just going to, sh- I just want you to share your heart. Okay. You, uh, on the surface, what is a gift? I would think, um, initially, when you think in terms of gift, the first thing you want to think about is what it's not, i.e., mm. it's not something that we have mustered up in our own strength. It's not something that we have brought to the table uh, according to our own merit. It's obviously something that's given. And so once we recognize what it's not, then we recognize what it is. But the is, I think, you know, is first there's a general idea. A gift is not something that we've merited in ourselves. And then more specifically, people begin to ask, well, what is either, you know, we talk about the fivefold ministry gifts and so on and so forth. We talk about, you know, various kinds of gifts. People will begin to ask, what is my specific gift? And do I have more than one gift? Should I expect more Mm -hmm. than one gift? 
you know, the Bible, when it talks about, for instance, the fivefold ministry gift, you know, it talks about apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. You know, it talks about people themselves in that Mm -hmm. sense as gifts, you know, these leaders as gifts to the church. And then those people, you know, we also say, you know, along with the rest of the church are gifted. And we're usually suggesting that we are talking about those things that we add to one another, that we strengthen one another um, that we know cannot come from ourselves. Right. You know, um, what you were saying earlier with regard to um, children being given, you know, a gift, you know, we have been given, for instance, the mm-hmm. gift of life. We've been given the gift of breath, you know, and right. what I, you know, going back to the idea of interest, I feel like when God gives me a breath, right, you know, I, for me to give it back with interest, I should allow his praise, you know what I mean, mm. to ride on that wow. same wind, you know what yeah, I mean, that he's yeah. already, you know, put into my lungs. And so, and, and, and I think for us to realize that a gift, you know, should um, beget a gift. Mm-hmm. So God gives us a gift so that we can give to others. Right. And he gives us a gift so that we can give back to him. And he gives us a gift so that we can receive personally because it matters to him. So when I think about a gift, I'm thinking about how do I use the gift to glorify God or how do I use the gift to bless other people? Or sometimes I simply receive the gift as something that God wants to simply give to me, right. you know what I mean, as an expression of his love. And so ultimately, from my perspective, a gift is anything that we receive from God, whether it's for the sake of honoring him, i.e., singing songs in praise or speaking in tongues, you know, just for the sake of glorifying God or singing a song to him or writing a poem for him or drawing a picture for him. You know Uh what I mean? And then the next thing is I'm thinking, you know, can I be a gift to the community? You know, can I share what God has given me to the community? And then there's the other part that simply says, God just wants to embrace me. God just wants to love me. And the gift of his embrace, the gift of his love you know, where it's just mine. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not mine to speak. It's not mine to preach. It's not mine to sing. Outward, it's just mine. So those are the three expressions of a gift. Ultimately, a gift, in my opinion, is whatever it is that the Lord chooses to do by means of expressing his love to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like the idea. Mm -hmm. At at the risk of sounding like a... uh a Christian scientist, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, the idea of a gift beginning a gift. Yes. You yes, know, we, we, yes. we take in the gift of air, yes. but we also give off something every absolutely. time we exhale. Absolutely. You know? and so the plants right. benefit from that. You know, yes, the, the, exactly the atmosphere right. benefits yes, from does. that. And yes, so, it does. Uh, wonderful thought. I mean, yeah. our bodies are a gift, That's you know, exactly you know right. uh, present That's your bodies. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I like that idea. Yes. When, when, when we think about it with relation to, because a majority of our our audience are either choir people or worship yes. leaders and yes. musicians and singers etc. We have a few others who just love the love the podcast. Yes. Um, but for for the majority of listeners who are musical, mm-hmm. yes. they feel that they've got the gift of music. They've yes. got the gift to write, to yes. play an instrument, yes. uh, uh, to sing, yes. uh, uh, or to do all of the above. Yes. Uh, very quickly, how how do we encourage those individuals? And I think you already said it, uh, but how do we speak to those individuals from a musical perspective? Because I believe God loves to hear us sing. Yes. I think yes, he, he loves to hear yes, us he worship in song. Yes, how do we encourage that person who says, you know, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I have this gift of music, but I don't have this platform because a lot of times everybody feel like they need a platform. Uh, or stage uh, to uh, deploy the gift. How do you encourage a person who doesn't have the platform, who uh, is sitting in the cubicle across the street right now, to give that gift back to God? Yeah, that's pretty wonderful. That's a a wonderful concept because the gift of worship, you know what I mean, i.e. worshiping in music, you know, but particularly the gift of worship transcends the gift of musical expression. Right. So that a person who is musically inclined will worship through song. And that worship first goes upward, you know Uh what I mean? And I believe that for us to truly hone our gift, to to hone our gifts so that they do become um, talents in that sense, Mm -hmm. it begins with us singing upward, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Singing to God, you know what I mean? And rehearsing the truths that he has taught us to believe and taught us to live by and taught us to understand, rehearsing those truths back to him, you know, and rehearsing his person back to him and his character back to him and singing songs of love to him. And as that happens, you know, we 
will hone our talent. And we already have a platform because what we don't understand is God is ultimately the platform. Right. You know what I mean? So when we're singing to him and, and, and the holy angels, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I can kind of see God just shushing the angels as they're singing their songs for half a minute. You know what I mean? And say, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's the one that I shed my blood for. Yeah. And they sing their songs. And then before you know it, not only is God listening. But maybe there's somebody, you know, like a, a parent who have children. Mm-hmm. Maybe the children are listening to them worship mm-hmm. the Lord and bless the Lord. And the truth of the matter is there's no greater ministry, no greater outreach than that children should hear their parents yeah. giving glory to God yeah. and honoring the Lord. And then in the congregation, you never know who's sitting next to you. Exactly. So if you're not on the stage, you're singing in the congregation, there might be somebody who's at the end of their rope sitting mm-hmm. right next to you. Or somebody who's never heard the gospel sitting right next to you. Somebody who needs an example of worship and of praise right. sitting right next to you. So no matter where you are, when you start to sing your song to God, you already have a platform. It's just not the kind that most people expect. Right, you see what right, I mean? Right. And then from there, you never know what the Lord is going to do. But it begins with worship, you know, upward. Mm-hmm. Then with doing everything you can to encourage whoever happens to be around you. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, David reminds us that we ought to bless the Lord, oh, All my times. soul. So. Yeah. Your own heart is listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the more you sing your songs to God, the more your heart begins to well up with faith and hope and trust. Before you know it, you've encouraged yourself. You've encouraged the people around you. You've caused the Lord to rejoice, the holy angels to say, wow, that's what the cross is about. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you carry that with you to any other platform, then you're always going to be worshiping, never simply performing. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. I was I was with a uh, pastor yesterday at out in Jersey for lunch. And uh, that they're planning this uh, worship conference. Yes. And uh, and they wanted my input, a group of them, and they wanted my input on how to go about establishing or setting up this, this workshop or yes. this conference. And, uh, and so I brought them to a question. I, I asked them, I said, well, what, let, let's first just define mm-hmm. what you want people to walk away with. And there were, you know, a number, number of ideas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I took them back to the title of this event, you know, the worship conference. Yes. You know, so yes. let's, let's define what we're calling worship because uh, because what I've found is that a lot of churches have moved to making uh, worship just about music. And, you know, so I go to this church because of the worship, Mm. you know, I go to this church because of the preaching, but Mm. I go to this church because of the worship. And so worship has been relegated to just being a song. Would you say that the song truly is a byproduct of a life of worship? I mean, it really comes out of that, but you can worship God without a song. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And when you worship God without a song, you know, whether you can sing or whether you can't, a song will eventuate. I think. Any true worshiper will sing. Eventually, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. They might not have the best voice in the world. <laughs> right. like, you know, they might not be able to play music. It, I mean, when when the band is playing, I'm slapping my. You know what I'm saying? I can't play like my brother, but but I can slap my. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I, because there's there's a song that's going to come. Something's right. going to happen. Yeah. But it begins with a heart of worship, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I honestly believe that you're right. People have come to a place where sometimes the the song, you know, can happen without the worship happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But and that can happen. A song right. can happen without worship. Sure. But worship can't happen without a song. Yeah. Eventually yeah. You, you're gonna lift up your yeah, voice and yeah. sing. You know what Love I mean? <laughs> you know right? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You, you you alluded to this. You you mentioned that the gift becoming a talent. Yes. How yes. does how does the gift morph into being a talent? I think it begins with the idea of rehearsing the praise of the Lord. You know what I mean? I mean, bringing it out, you know, on a regular basis, right. reminding yourself, reminding whoever is, happens to be in earshot of who the Lord is. And the more we hone praise, the more we hone worship, the more we hone, you know, our, our spiritual theology, if you will, the more mm-hmm. we talk about the Lord and acknowledge him for who he is, then what happens is we become more and more convinced of it. And we will whittle it down so that it it's, uh, uh, more pure properties, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, the alloy becomes less and less, you know what I mean? So the things that we've believed about God that may not be helpful or may not be true, um, the more we rehearse it, the more he's in a position to correct us and say, this is good, and but that's not. This is true about the Lord, but that's not. And then what happens is we become more streamlined, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when we become more streamlined in our praise and in our worship, and um, then we become, I think, more, if you, if you will, more, more expert in that. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, and then what happens with 
there's a spirit of excellence that comes with it. Right. So the more I talk to the Lord about who he is, for me as a preacher, the more I write what I believe to be true about the Lord, the more he's in a position to say, I like that, but I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That sounds good. That's not <laughs> right, me. You know what right, I mean? Right. And what happens is it, it builds in me a, a spirit of humility mm-hmm. and a spirit of excellence. And then I can carry that with me to, you know, preaching, to teaching, to this. Or same with a person who's a musician. Mm-hmm. They can carry that spirit of excellence with them into their practice. They can carry that spirit of excellence with them into how they interact with other musicians and so right. on. Humility, excellence, you know, these things working together. Sure. And, and there's something in them that says the Lord deserves a praise or a, a worship experience that um, – it, you know, it defines him in such a manner that blesses him in such a manner that suggests his own excellence. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I, once I once I realize I have a gift, there's also something in me that says, since God has given me this gift, I ought to be able to present it back to him. I ought to be able to right. present it outwardly. I ought to be able to present it inwardly in a manner that befits his majesty. Mm-hmm. And it, it drives me to excellence. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah, yeah. 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 This is getting gooder and gooder. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. break. Let me say that again. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with Pastor William Carroll on the topic of gifts and talents and callings here at TSC Music. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God, God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. Summit International School of Ministry is currently trying to fill the bookshelves of their newly renovated library. Their desire is to expand the resources available to their students, to enable them to deeper study the Word of God and to enrich their Christian walk. If you'd like to donate an Amazon.com gift card, visit the Summit Book Drive page on Amazon.com. If you prefer to give a donation to Summit towards the purchase of books for their new library, please visit www.tscnyc.org. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. In the Old Testament, the book of Jonah talks about a time when a great storm came upon a certain people. They were so afraid that they began to cast things overboard, and their fear came to the point where they began to see for what reason this thing was happening to them. They went down into the sides of the ship, and they found a man called Jonah who was sound asleep. He was a man who knew the heart of God. He was a man who understood that God could make a difference in every situation, and yet he fell asleep. I'm wondering how many good Christian people are sound asleep in an hour, which I believe to be an hour of impending crisis in many nations. If ever there was a time that you and I need to be awake, we need to be called into the prayer closet. It is now. I am calling everyone who knows how to pray to pray. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. The Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. And we're back in the studio with Pastor William Carroll having a good discussion on gifts and talents. And of course, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us 
uh, from that platform to wherever he wants to take us in this yes. in this segment. the The idea of gifts being given, mm-hmm. talents being developed, and now gifts morphing, if you will, or uh, growing into becoming talents. Uh, we also hit on the idea that you know a lot of to, a lot of the church today has relegated worship to just music, and we know that to not be. Uh, the case because you can worship God and and not sing a song, right. but as you said, eventually yes. that song's going to come yes. going to come out yes. of you. When we look at Old Testament, even in New Testament, when worship, uh, when we see the act of worship, in a sense, uh, it always involved mostly bowed knee or bent yes. knee, yes. bowed head. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, especially throughout the Old Testament, there yes. was there was a That's prostrate yes, in exactly. a sense. Um, and at some point, and I know this is all in the physical, mm-hmm. uh, but at some point it seems that we we, we stood up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, right. and so now, and now we're standing. Yes, and yes, our hands, yes. hands are raised. What's your thought on the idea that? Because I, I I personally believe, and I think this is uh, theologically correct, that yes. the bent knee and bowed head now is really bent knee and bowed head in the heart of a exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. I that, agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah, the 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 term that's used that we translate worship actually means to prostrate oneself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, it, again, you're right. The Lord would say to us, you know, rend your heart rather than your garment, that right. kind of a thing. So there is, and Bible talks about you know giving, you know, the sacrifice of praise, you right. know, and so you get this sense of ultimately speaking, you know, the state of the heart and the um, the posture, you know, of the soul is is the ultimate consideration. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 still incorporates the concept of of uh, of a of a spiritual posture of humility mm, yeah. before the Lord and of awe of His person. Yeah. yeah, I like to look at it as the posture of worship because I think yes. it has changed. Now, now, without boasting, you know, our home church and yeah. we love it, and yes. I think the Lord's doing great things here, and we are, and we're glad. Uh, there are many ministries who are doing great things. We're yes. not, you know, obviously the only ones. We're not the only people who. who feel we do church right, right. exactly <laughs> you know exactly. but there are the church there are other ministries and other churches that do things differently that are not necessarily wrong right, right. but different exactly and and when you when when i when i visited other ministries in the past excuse me when i vis- visited other ministries in the past i've i've sensed a pulling away mm-hmm. from the what I what I'd rather call the authentic or the original posture of worship. There, yes. there is more yes. tension on stand up, get up, jump up, spin around. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. uh, and if you're not doing all of the physical motions, you're yes. not worshiping God. Right. What's your thought on that? Because a lot of times people will come even into this house, and then then yes. and they're yes. used to sitting yes. and taking in. Yes. And and worshiping God in their seat, yes. you know, yes. and being yes. quiet, and yes. uh, but it doesn't mean that they're not communicating uh, with the Father. What, what's your thought on that? Because a lot of ministries have, are moving yeah. to the yeah. hype. You know, the yeah. lights are flashing, the smoke is blowing. You're right. And, uh, You're right. Yeah, yeah. I I think twofold. One is there. There's always um, the fact that God, you know, as the Lord said to David, you know that. You know, or with regard to David, that the Lord searches the heart. Right. You know, He looks on the inward person. But I think that there is um, a trend in worship that is mainly toward the the worshiper. Mm-hmm. You know, where the worshiper in in Scripture is is secondary right. to the one who is being worshipped. Yes. You yes. know what I mean. And if we are worshiping the Lord, then our reaction to that worship should be secondary. Right. His reaction to that worship should be primary. primary you know yeah. what I mean? Is this causing the Lord to rejoice? Is it causing the Lord to smile? Is it causing the Lord, you know what I mean, to, to leap, if you will? Right. You know, and if that's the case, then we should reflect that, you know, and but when we are mainly concerned with what our worship does to us or for us, you know what I mean, how it looks among us, mm-hmm. then I think we have unfortunately, as worshipers, followed the trend um, of what mu- of what much of the pulpit is doing. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're doing what we can to you know facilitate the individual and to strengthen the individual, and to, and that's important. But it's always supposed to be a secondary consideration. Right. The first thing that I want to do as a preacher is to cause the Lord's heart to say Amen. Right. Because right. if God is not saying Amen when I'm preaching, then nothing is happening besides that. If mm-hmm. God says Amen when I'm preaching. 
then that is going to perpetuate outward and the people are going to recognize something else is happening. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is not simply a guy who, you know, read a book or two, you know what I mean? And, and is just basically spouting off some things. God is in the midst and God is stamping his seal of approval. So likewise with the worship, if the worship goes upward first and, and even with the intention, you know, cause every now and again, we'll have evangelistic services mm-hmm. and we want to perpetuate a message through right. our song. That's wonderful because mm-hmm. we want to talk to the, the lost person and, you know, would you be free of your burden of sin and that right, kind of a thing. Right. But there is still this thing that first goes up, you know, that there's power in the blood. There's power in the Absolutely. blood. You know what I mean? It goes upward first. It bears witness to what the Lord has told us about himself and about what he's done for us. God stamps his seal of approval on it. Then it goes out. And we'll find that when God is doing something, it's going to make some people weep and some people laugh. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? Some people bow, you know what I mean? And some people leap, you know what right. I mean? But it's supernatural and each person is going to respond according to, you know, as you just mentioned, how the spirit moves mm-hmm. and what the spirit chooses to do. Yeah. I, I love that because it, it's so in line with uh, uh, and, so, and so confirms what what I've been teaching the choirs and, mus- and the musicians here for yes. some time now is that is, you know, in the context of our worship services, we've yes. got three responsibilities. We have a threefold ministry and that is one to minister to God with the people. Yes. Minister to God for the people and then minister to the people. Yes. So it does have to go up first. And if we make sure we accomplish number one first, everything else kind of falls in line, you know, it becomes easier to minister to the people and and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying so that we can sing the right song when we do minister uh, to the people. So it's, it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful challenge. Yes. Um, But then when we're able to do it at the end of the day when you yeah. can yeah. you know without in, in all humility say I've pleased the father today that's yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing and you guys do it too I mean I, I've just speaking from my perspective as a, as a preacher here uh-huh. the um, the way the music ministry is in touch with the Lord mm. I mean first of all I feel like I'm I'm flowing on a wave by the time I start to preach I'm just moving yeah. into something that's already happening I'm, I'm just joining in the worship mm. that's already happening and then you know, with the altar and everything, I never feel like I have to ask you sing this song or sing that song because mm-hmm. I know that you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I know that you know more than me with regard to that. That's your that's your gift. That's your calling. So, for me to say, well, brother Greg, would you sing this? I mean, I understand when people do that, but for me, it's like, but this is a man of prayer. This is a man who knows the Lord. This is a man who knows a whole lot more about music ministry than I could. You know, and so I'm gonna do my job. You know what I mean, and then I'm I'm gonna let him do his job and. Mm-hmm. The awesome thing about it is the music ministry is for us here at Times Square Church, as a worshiper and as and as a preacher, um, I couldn't think of a, of an easier job, you know, just sliding in as it were, you know what I mean, riding the wave of, of the worship that's already uh-huh. going on and knowing that when I pour out my heart by the grace of God, that whatever you guys are going to do afterward, as far mm-hmm. as the altar call and so on and so forth, it's going to be directly in line, at, it's, and it has been. I've been here, you know, well, I, I started here very, very um, early, then went away to Denver and came back, um, and I've never once, never once mm-hmm. felt that um, there's not been this seamless flow. So, you know, I am grateful. Praise God. Grateful to your ministry, grateful well, to you. God for you, and... Um, there's a lot happy of choir members who are hearing this, and they're, they're probably very, very happy right now. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so, Amen. Uh, praise God. Speaking of callings, yes. giftings and callings. And so a lot of people, um, uh, you know, in Christendom throw around this term, you know, I'm called to yeah. do this. So God's calling me to do yes. this. Yes. And uh, and I don't ever argue with, you know, yeah. thus saith the Lord. You know, right. you come right. tell me the Lord told you, I, I don't fight it. If it, if it. if it violates scripture, then I have a reason to challenge right. it. But if it's, if it's. If it's truly what you feel the Lord has called you to do or told you to do, then uh, who am I to judge that? Um, But I I remember growing up in the the church and and, uh, adopting that term before I even fully knew what it meant to be called to do anything. Yes. (laughs) You know, telephone, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) So from from your theological storehouse. (laughs) Describe as best you can mm-hmm. and to whatever length you feel it. Okay. When when a person is called to do something, yes. Specifically in the kingdom of God, what what does that mean? Yeah, I think first of all, God. Remember the Bible talks with regard to Jeremiah and said, you know, before you were fully right. formed in the womb, you know, I ordained you, I called you to a specific uh-huh. thing. I think there is a calling that um, can be 
essential to an individual. Mm. For instance, I'm I'm called, you know, to teach. I'm a Bible teacher, you know. But then there are, are tributaries to that calling, things that come forth from it, things that come out of it. And um, what I would call and what others would call um, secondary callings and things of that nature. And I think that those callings from the essential calling or primary calling to the secondary callings, they should be um, affirmed by people around you, people mm-hmm. in leadership. You right. know what I mean? So if a person says, I feel called to um, to preach, and yet there is no um, sense of a witness, right. um, particularly by the people who are in, in leadership in whatever community they happen to be, then they might want to rethink that calling. Mm. I think the idea of a calling should be that um, you feel it and the people that are in leadership feel it. And then secondly, I think that that calling should stay... Um, it should not become um, so so rigid mm-hmm. that it can't develop and it can't grow. Right, right. You know what I mean? So that God might be having you do one thing for the first five years of your ministry right. and then something else for the next and exactly. so on. So yeah. you want to stay fluid. And part of that fluidity comes with recognizing um, leadership mm-hmm. in whatever community you happen to be. So when you come to someone and you say, I feel called to this, you should be open to them saying, I un- understand your sense of calling, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't fit with what right. the Lord is saying to me. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So if somebody has a, you know, a bass voice, you know, and they come to you and say, I feel, you know, called to sing with the Sopranos. You know what I mean? You, can, you, know what I'm saying? you could say that it just doesn't resonate. Right. You know what I mean? And, and they should be able, you know, to humbly accept that because it speaks to their ability to 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 operate one under authority but also speaks to their ability to fully operate in yes. that calling absolutely in the sense that if if god is because i you know when, when i remember god pointing you know showing me and, and i don't mean when i say show me you know he didn't write it on a on a tablet or yeah. uh yes, <laughs> you yes. know but show me what what i would ultimately be doing yeah and yes. then it was as if he took me all the way back here, mm. you know, mm. yes. all the way back here. And, yes. and instead of a beeline yes. to that, it was all of this other yep. stuff. It yep. was a maze yep. of other things yes. That, yes. that I had to go through Yes. so that when he did put me in a place where I was operating, if you will, in that calling, yes. I didn't misuse it. I didn't yeah, mishandle right. it because I had to That's learn right. some things in the process. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, I, I remember, you know, and, and maybe I'll put it this way: that I think our first calling yes. is a to a ministry of reconciliation. Yes, uh, and and I didn't I didn't understand that early on mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I felt called to music ministry. Yes, but I didn't know what it meant to be in ministry. I didn't know what it meant truly to be to to serve and honor the Lord. Yes, 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 <laughs> you yes, know, yes. Because I I hadn't been reconciled back to Him. Amen. I hadn't had a life that was that was unto him. Yes. And it wasn't yes. until I went, I had to go back yes. and uh, had that. Uh, and I call it a ministry of reconciliation mm. because mm. I don't have another term for it, but mm. I had to be reconciled. Mm. We reinserted in a sense yes. to a yes. relationship with him yes. before I could fully operate in this area. Very good. You know? Very good. You know what I found is if you're going to build a tall building, you have to dig a deep foundation mm-hmm. and you can always tell, for instance, if you're looking at a construction site, you can tell what the plans of the um, the uh, architect is by by how deep, how deep yeah. you know the foundation is you know what I mean and so likewise I found with people that God is calling to be in a position where they might have a bit more um, exposure and so on and so forth mm-hmm. he usually has to go a lot deeper because mm. you know exposure you know is in itself inherently dangerous especially in our profession do you know what i mean so god takes us the circuitous route you know he you know told moses you know that he was going to use him to bring a certain amount of deliverance you know and moses thought he had an idea of what that looked like (laughs) you know and it took him another 40 years you know and i think you know the idea of part of the the big way that you can tell whether or not you're called to a thing is whether or not you are you know based on what you're saying willing to be tried and mm-hmm. through the, you know, the fires of life, you know what I mean? So that that calling can, you know, ultimately become, you know, what it is that the Lord right. has promised. You know, it's just like being, you know, in love. Sometimes a person will say, you know, how do I know I'm in love with this person? One of my 
answers is, are you willing to fight for the relationship? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when the relationship starts going through rough right. patches, you right. know what I mean? Are you willing to stick with it? Yeah. So likewise, how do I know I'm called? Well, are you willing to fight for that calling? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to allow the Lord to bring you through the backside of the desert? Yeah. You know, and if you're not willing to, to allow that to happen, then you might want to rethink, you know, the, the nature of your call. Mm-hmm. Because when God calls us to a certain thing, even there's a, there's always going to be an element of us. Nobody wants sure. to go through the fire, but ultimately you there's a there's a draw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know because when we think about a call, you know I I think again this is a, maybe a, a bit of a sidebar. But when I was growing up, you know what I mean? If um somebody called me that I had a certain amount of respect for, but not a whole lot. You know what I mean? I may answer, I may not answer. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm playing basketball on the street. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and my friend might call me. I may answer, I may not. But if my mom called me or my dad called me, you know what I'm saying? You knew that voice. I, 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 you know what I'm <laughs> I knew that voice. I dropped yeah. the ball and yeah. I went to the crib. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it, so one of the ways I know if I'm being called by God into something, mm. it means I don't say no. Right. Well, is me if I preach not this gospel. Right, I don't right. say no. And that means even when it gets hard, even when it gets tough, even when it gets rough, you know what I mean? Even when I'm starting to be put in the fire and in the furnace, and even when people starting to get on my nerves and I'm starting to get on theirs, mm-hmm. there's something that says I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. So one of the ways I know that I'm called is not that I look within to find my talents. I'm looking to see what am I willing to go through? What price mm. am I willing to pay? Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? To answer that call. Yeah, because if, I, if it's the voice of God, I'm dropping the basketball right. and I'm going, you know, to the voice. You right. know what I'm saying? And if that, if that means I got to leave some of my friends, that means I got to leave some of my activities. If that means I got to, you know, leave midway through a game that I thought was important. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I hear that voice, I'm going. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's good. That's mm. that's rich because you, you, when you know it's the voice of God. Yeah. You you yeah. drop everything. Yes. You don't second guess it. You don't. Right. And there are times when we don't. We're not sure. You know. Exactly. There are moments when you know God was at you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. exactly. But when you know it. Yeah. Yeah. You're willing to go through yeah. whatever you got to go through to accomplish exactly. it. And I think that's one of the keys to understanding that ministry. Call it ministry is not a uh, a, a, a a career. Right. That's but I mean. it is a it's, life calling. So, you, you know, I, Pascal yes. used to always say, you can't retire from preaching, you no. know, you can, <laughs> you don't retire from it. You may exactly. not do it as often or you may not do it in the same area, but you don't retire from it to where exactly. you, you're just not ever preaching exactly. anymore because that's it's right. a life calling. That's and I exactly think right. that's pivotal because when a person says, you know, the Lord is calling me to do this, then yeah. like you just said, yeah. you, you're willing to go through the fire. You know, it's kind of like in marriage, you know, exactly. it's, it's, you know, uh, exactly. uh, I'm willing to. Yes. I'm ready to, for marriage when I know I'm ready to stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. You remember Samuel, you know, you know he's a baby, you know, right, and the right. Lord is calling him. He's well, got to call him you? a few times before right. he, first he thinks it's, you know, first he, he thinks it's Eli, uh, Eli right. you know, you know and, and ultimately it comes, okay, I understand now it's mm-hmm. God. So yeah, I, you know, I know that a lot of times a person is called and they don't know what the voice is, but it's something compelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they might not be able to define it yet or, but it's something compelling, you yeah. know? And then once they answer, then the Lord is at liberty to begin to more specifically define the call, mm. you know, and that brings leadership in again. You know, people were calling me, you know, a Bible teacher before I knew what a Bible teacher was. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just preach, you know, I mean, right. I'm just thinking I'm preaching, but <laughs> because of the, the, the gift that God had given me and the style, you know, of delivery and, and the, the way I inquire at the word, you know, it became clear that that was that, uh, the category of preaching mm-hmm. that I was called to. But, you know, Pastor Dave and people like that would, would suggest to me that that's what I am. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I knew God called me. I just didn't know to what. To what right. And then the leaders began to kind of hone it and define it. You know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, Pastor Dave, you know, gave me an opportunity, to, you know, to go to school and this and the other. So right. all those things began to happen, you know, but it's, it's one step at a time. But the main thing is there comes a time when you say whatever it takes. Right. You know, this is what God has called me to. And that's the way I can tell whether or not, at least the way I can tell whether or not I'm called to. Yeah, yeah. You, you go through that apprenticeship. You yes. know, you kind of, yes. similar to what Paul told Timothy, you know, to study to show yourself. Absolutely. Because you're going to go Absolutely. through something. The fact that the people are not going to want to hear it right. the way that's you right. may deliver it. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> you know? right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good, good. Yeah. We're going to take another break and wrap this up in the studio with Pastor William Carroll here at TSC Music. Fear. It's one of the most powerful weapons that Satan has against you. Once he has gotten you with fear, then he will take your faith. Because fear is actually the opposite of faith. The Lord said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. 
Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now fear is when we look at the size of the opposition that we have to encounter and dismay comes when we look inside and don't see enough strength to fight the battle. And God's word was don't let fear or dismay get a hold of you because it's not about you. It's about Christ in us. That's the good news. Paul says to Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear not. When that simple word gets into your heart, that's where the sound mind comes from. Fear not. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Face your fears and overcome them by the power of God. Face them now. It's very hard to get right with God in a season of panic. There are going to be many things in the future that are going to cause fear. And some things are causing fear today. But for the child of God, God says to you, fear not. That's where your sound mind will come from. Fear not. I know what fear can do. I was paralyzed by it for over nine years. But I know when I came to Christ and made a choice of going all the way with Him and walking with Him, there's no fear in my heart. If you will make that choice, you'll be astounded at the power of God that is available for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's what comes from God. And it only comes from God. It only comes from God. Pastor Carter Conlon's new book, Fear Not, Living Courageously in Uncertain Times, is now available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and wherever Christian books are sold. KPC is going to Finland. It's our first mission trip. A group of kids from the Times Square Church Kids Praise Choir is traveling to Helsinki, Finland this June. We'll be part of an evangelistic children's choir outreach. We're so excited to worship and share the love of Jesus. A lot of the kids in the choir are from the inner city, and we need your help to be able to go. If you'd like to help sponsor a child to go on this mission trip, visit tscnyc.org. Just click on the KPC Ensemble Traveling to Finland banner to make your donation online. Thank you, Kitos! Child Cry is pleased to announce the launching of a new children's book entitled Picnic Pals, written and illustrated by an 11-year-old girl named Emily Skelding from Mobile, Alabama. Emily wants to teach children about the love of Jesus and to help feed hungry children, a passion she developed after reading about Child Cry. In June of 2009, Emily was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia. As she has journeyed along this path, she has shown a quiet strength and a courage that is a testimony of the power of God to transform through suffering. Picnic Pals is available for purchase online at tscnyc.org and at the Times Square Church Book Table. 100% of all the proceeds from the sale of the book will go to feed hungry children through Child Cry. And we're back and we are having a wonderful, wonderful conversation with uh, Pastor William. And we're getting taught. We're getting schooled. Uh, <laughs> some of you heard him say back to the crib. Uh, Harry's going to insert what the def- you know, definition of the crib for those of you who don't, uh, <laughs> don't know what he meant by that. Uh, but we got a few questions from Facebook and uh, I want to read a few of them to you. Uh, one of the first questions uh, goes this way and it's from, I don't, well, I'll just say it's Susan. Yes. And her, uh, Susan asks this question. She says, why are some people's calling so obvious when others are hidden and could take their lifetime to know? I think for the most part, every person's calling on at least a primary level is known. We, in, For instance, you mentioned a, a ministry of reconciliation, mm-hmm. to be reconciled to God and didn't do everything we can to reconcile men and women to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, how do I go about it? So the big question then is, where do I fit in the body? Mm. I think if we're trying to figure that out on our own, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. The more we allow ourselves to be under spiritual authority and we allow people to speak into our lives and we just find out where the need is. Mm-hmm. For instance, if the pastor says um, there is a need you know, on the um, 
you know, for instance, whether that's the Raven truck or with uh, a soup kitchen or right. something to that effect, we simply just go. What I found is I've I learned my ministry calling by going to where the need was. Mm. So when there was a need for somebody to um, clean up the uh, sanctuary. I went to clean up the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I was doing that, I would be working with one person or another person and find myself, you know, um, talking to this person who was going through a struggle or a difficulty. And I realized, wow, one of the things God has given me the grace to do is to um, to care for other people and, and to counsel. You know what I mean? And, you know, and then, you know, the, the next need would arise and some the pastor would say, I need somebody to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. I'd just say, okay, I'll do it. Some of the things that I, I would find myself doing, I'd be like, man, I don't, I can't see myself doing this for you know the rest of my life. Right. But I found that the more I simply volunteered and made myself available, I also found other things where I said, man, I could really get used to this. Yeah. I could really do this, you know. So sometimes it's not a mystical thing right. where we simply right. search our hearts to try to find out. We just help. We give. We you know we do what we can to reconcile men and women to God. Well, whatever your hands find to do. Exactly. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is you know the cream will rise to the top. We you know eventually we will see um, where we fit by um, just laying our hands you know to the plow wherever we can. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Here's another one from Charmaine. Yeah. Charmaine writes: Should one pursue their calling, or does their calling pursue them? Uh, sh- I mean, should you do what you are called to do, even right. if? No one is listening or even knows you exist. Yeah, that's a good question. I think with regard to the pursuit of the calling, it's almost like the chicken and the egg. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, it's pursuing you and you're pursuing <laughs> right, it. Right. You know, and it, it's not, you know, the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the right. days of my life. And I believe that there is an aspect, an element of God's goodness that says, I am not going to let you go without fulfilling your calling. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he puts a desire in us to do what he's called us to do. You know right, what I mean? So right. he can say, you know, that he is able to give us the desires of our heart. And then we can read that in both ways, yeah, right? Yeah. He plants desires in our hearts and then fulfills those desires. So he gives us a desire. I love preaching. I mm-hmm. want to preach. I, you know what I mean? I hear people say, well, you know, you, you know, the best way that you know that you're a preacher is that you never really want to preach. Mm-hmm. I always want to preach. I can't help it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I yeah. always want to preach. It's what I love, right. you know, but at the same time, um, there is so I'm pursuing it, mm-hmm. but there's another aspect of it saying to me, you know, look, I'm not going to allow this or that to pull you away from your calling. Mm-hmm. I will follow you. I will not let you go. That kind of a thing. And one of the things that I love about a calling is, is it will suggest to you very firmly, you know what I mean, that um, this is how you ought to live. This mm-hmm. is who you ought to hang out with. Yeah. This is how you ought to spend your so day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and that's another way that you know that you have that you have a calling. And um I think that's that's mainly it. Now what was it? What was the second part of the question? Well well you actually kinda hit on it, you know. Yeah. Um second part of the question was No, I'm sorry, it is a little different. Okay. Uh should you do what you're called to do, mm-hmm. even if oh, yes. no one is listening or even no you exist. Absolutely. You should. You yeah. should because, first of all, we know, we already mentioned before that we know that God is listening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We know that our own hearts are listening. Yeah. Um, but we also never know. I don't think, I can't think of a scenario, uh, you know, as long as you live on planet Earth with, you know, 8 billion other people, you know, there. I don't think there's ever a scenario in your life where nobody, nobody else yeah. is listening. You right. might not know who's listening. Right. But I don't think there's a scenario in your life conceivable that no one is listening. Exactly. So the question is, you know, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, does it have to be um, on a stage? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or can it be my toddler right. who, who's listening? Or yeah. my husband who's listening? Or my wife who's listening? Or my, you know what I mean? Somebody sure. is listening. Somebody's watching all the time. Right, yeah. yeah. I know for me, mm-hmm. everything that I tried, you know, I did, I did not want to do music ministry full time. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I told the Lord yeah. the three angels, I, I don't want to do this full time. <laughs> yeah. You know, because then I had that mentality that yeah. you couldn't, this couldn't possibly be a career. Right. Right, you know, right. and it's yeah. not. Right, right, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know, but, I, but I didn't understand calling either. And so right. everything else I tried to do, there was a season of success yes. where the Lord would give me. Yes. You know, and if it were in business yes. uh, or computer repair and the yeah. other things that, that yes. I went to school for. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> you know, that I had absolutely. formal training for. Yes. And the one thing I have no formal training for <laughs> He has me doing <laughs> as the calling, but I tried hard to, yeah. I, you know, and, and again, yes. like you, I knew yes. I wanted to play the piano. I, I yes. just, I would do it all the time. Yes. And even when I was yes. trying to do other things, yes. 
on the weekend, this is what the Lord had me do. And I was yes. in church all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Yes, yes, yes. And exhausted on Monday. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, so I couldn't get away from it. But there was a season of success in other areas mm-hmm. and the other things that I tried to do. Mm-hmm. And But I was, but it was also a learning period. Yes. I was learning something. I was crafting my skills in some other areas. Yeah. Who knew mm-hmm. that everything mm-hmm. I knew how to do and learned how to do, yeah. I would eventually be doing Absolutely. for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. You know, yes. I, and yeah. the staff will tell you in the past two months, all I've been doing is uh, computer stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> in yeah. the office, yeah. you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But who knew, I mean, uh, yeah. that everything I knew how to do, I'd be doing for the kingdom. And that, but it wasn't yeah. until... And I think you touched on it before. It wasn't until, uh, and I'll just use the term, fell, I like truly fell in love with God. Yes, praise God. And fell in love with the body of Christ. Yes, yes. That now everything I had to offer, as big or small as I thought it was, everything I knew how to do, I am now doing for the kingdom of God. And say, God, use this, use this. And so... And, and so sometimes that's what he does. He'll yes. give us a season of success in some other areas. Yes. We're learning some things. Yes. But then ultimately, the one, like you said, you can't get away from it. It's right. pursuing us. You know, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's tackling us, if, yes. if you will. Yes, but is. we are to run after it that's just exactly as much as right. it runs after uh, that's us. That's exactly right. I, you know, yeah. my, my story has a lot to do with the idea that I never wanted to be a pastor. You know what I mean? I always wanted to be a preacher, but never wanted to be a pastor. Right. You know what I mean? Because I, I love the Lord, and I love his word, and I love expressing who he is and what he's like, you know, and, and I love doing it that, so that it resonates, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with, with God's people, you right. know what I mean, and it causes their hearts to be stirred. But all of the work that's involved with pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, or with, you know, leading a music ministry, sure. you know, the, the ins and outs of it, the, um, you know, the administrative side of it, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, you know, the, 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 the counseling side of it, the, you know, where you're, where you're carrying people's burdens right. with you and things of that nature, that I, I, um, I ran from, mm. you know what I mean, uh, and until I recognized that the true nature of ministry is just that, to be a servant. Mm-hmm. So preaching is fun for me, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But serving people, you yeah. know, for yeah. real, um, requires that we um, prostrate ourselves, as you said before. Right. As, as, that's, that's the nature of worship. When we prostrate, you know, and we're saying, God, you know, Whatever it's going to happen, it's going to have to be you, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not running anymore. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Here's one more question. Yes. And, uh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I kind of got an answer for this, but I'll just do it. Okay. Uh, th- this is one more question from one of our uh, Facebook um, followers. Yes. And she says, can God take your calling away if it is not being used? Mm, that's a very, very good question. Because you, you, again, it's that kind of a question. It's almost like the the you know the issue of eternal security or the issue uh-huh. of um, you know predestination and and free will and that kind of a thing. Sometimes the question can get can boil down to this: you know, if a person refuses to worship the Lord, were they ever actually saved? That kind of a thing. Mm. So likewise, it can be the same thing. If a person doesn't use their gifts. Is there a possibility that the gifts were never there? You know what I mean? Not mm. in, the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Sure. In the sense of the gift, because again, we talked about the gift of worship, mm. rather than simply having a talent or a skill. So, if a person, I believe, we just talked a little while ago before about the idea that there is a, a compulsion, there's an inherent compulsion. When we think about a call, mm-hmm. again, like I said, de- depending on who's calling me, that's how I'm going to move. Right. You know what I mean? If God is calling me, there is a compulsion. You know. Um, there is a, as a sense that Paul was able to say. He said, I'm not congratulating myself because I'm doing this woe unto me right, if I right, don't do this. Don't. You know what I mean? There's something in me, something inherent that is being drawn by the call. You know, the same thing with us pursuing the call and the call pursuing us. So in my opinion, if a person is not um, exercising their gifts, at least I would suggest that there's a possibility that while they may be talented, they might not be called. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and and um and I think a person who is called, then they have a responsibility, as we talked about before, to submitting that call to to the body in general, and therefore submitting to leadership. So it it, it we talked about before sometimes going through the fiery trials that can bring about not only a honing of the talent but also a humility. Right. If a person is walking in humility and they're under leadership, then if they're called, they will fulfill their calling. Mm. So if a person is not fulfilling their calling, either they were never called or they never allowed themselves to um, go through the, you know, because people will take shortcuts. Right. 
to go through the trials that bring about um, humility and submission to authority. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if, if it is possible then that a person is actually called and yet not walking in, in those gifts, the, the, there's a bigger issue at hand. Mm-hmm. It's not so much whether or not the, the calling itself can be revoked, right. but whether or not um, their, their fellowship with the community and with the body mm-hmm. itself is intact. Right. Because very few people that I can think of who are actually called and who are actually in fellowship with the body and under spiritual authority, I don't think I know of any case where a person is actually called in fellowship under authority that's not being used in their calling. Mm, right, you know what I mean? So right. if a person is not being used in their calling, one of these things are out of whack. Three, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either they're not called, they're not in fellowship with the body, or they're not under authority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there, the bigger question is, where do they stand in Christ? Right. And not so much, you know, where they stand gotcha. with regard to their calling. Good answer. Mm-hmm. So for the person who is musical, yes. uh, and I'll just use that uh, because this is TSC Music. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. For the person who's musical and chooses, you know, for whatever reason, I'm mm-hmm. not going to utilize my gift uh, right. in the choir. Right. right. Uh, I know the pastor said, you know, the last two rows are still open and perhaps one has my name on it, but I'm not going to use my gift there. Right. You know, because the, the demand, you know, it's yeah. too much. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like I want to be in church that long right. or that mu- right. that many right. times a week. Or yes. I don't like the robes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, or exactly. I don't like, you know, yeah. the fact that they might put me on the fifth row. You right. know, I don't right. want to be you know, so yes. all of these other reasons and yes. obviously they'll speak yes. to the three that you just yeah. you just gave. Yeah. But let's say it's it's a work issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a nurse mm-hmm. and, I, and I can't meet the time requirement. And right. So therefore, I'm not singing in the choir. Yeah. I know I'm called to do it, but yes. certainly not going to quit my job. Right. That's just doesn't sound like God, you know. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yes. d- does great. that person's. Do they become in, unable mm-hmm. to continue to sing? And I, and I say that because. Yeah. You know, if if we look at you know we look at Ezekiel, we look at Isaiah, we look at you know the prophet likens the the king um, uh, I forget his name, but he likens him unto Lucifer, and he's, yes, you know yes, and he yes. talks about his yeah. his beauty, right. his right. brilliance, and his right. skill, and how yes. music was in him the day he was created, yes. and all this other yes. stuff until yes. iniquity was found in him. Right. Scripture says, right. That's right. Um, That's right. but nowhere have we found yeah. that God stripped him of. Now everybody exactly. says that Lucifer was you know the 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 the, 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 yeah. the worship an angel yeah, and, so, yeah, yeah. and so if all of this is true right. and and I believe it is mm-hmm. that God never stripped him of his ability to be musical right and That's this right. is really That's taking it. us to a whole nother podcast. But if he never stripped them of his ability to be, right. to be musical, right. Right. that means that the, the prince of the air is still musical. Right. And hasn't right. he used that yeah. gift? Yeah, definitely. To the absolute opposite of what Absolutely. it was intended to be. So, Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you think about some of the, the, the biggest names in, in pop music and so on and so right. forth. Exactly. These are people who. They, they didn't refuse to sing. They just refused to sing for the Lord. And a lot of them right. started in the church. Right. You know what I mean? And now they're singing over here and over there. And, you know, and then you have other people who, who have a gift. For instance, I'll give you, you know, a little bit of a, of a background with me. I, you know, I was just naturally shy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was hard for me and wasn't really given a whole lot of confidence growing up. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when I... When I sang, I usually sang in, in, in um, private and sang, in, you know, where nobody could hear me and so uh-huh. on and so forth because I was, you know, ashamed. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And then um, I was put in position or two in, in church ministry and so on and so forth where, you know, I was just kind of pushed out there. And, and I sang because, you know, it was just I just felt like I, I needed to honor mm-hmm. the Lord. You know what I mean? But it was still very difficult for me. And I remember I don't know if, if you remember this, but um a couple, a few Christmases ago, uh-huh. I think it was. Oh my goodness, I can't remember exactly. But you had asked me to sing. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, and um, this drew me out. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, and I just, I, I just said yes because I knew it was from the Lord. You mm. know what I mean, and as a result, I was pulled out. You know what I mean of of my of my shyness, pulled out supernaturally uh-huh. because I just took a step. Right. You know what I mean. I, I took a step of obedience. You know what I mean, and um, and and I believe that. When God has gifted a person, for instance, God has gifted you, you know what I mean, to lead this church in worship and in song. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm on the pastoral staff, I, I come under your authority when it comes down to that. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? When it comes down to music, you know what I mean, if if God places it on your heart to say to me, the Lord, you know, like you did last Christmas, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just God spoke to me about you, see, uh, then I'm going to say amen because I know that it's helping me as a person. Mm. You know what I mean? It's drawing me out. So, you know, there're going to be some people who 
don't sing for the wrong reasons because you know they don't they want the starting role and if they don't mm-hmm. get it they're not going to sing and they're in danger you right. know not just of losing you know their their position and their place in the body coming out from under authority they're still going to have the talent mm-hmm. but the capacity to worship right. you know what I mean right. um, becomes um, diminished because they're refusing to humble themselves mm-hmm. and refusing to come under authority right. you know what I mean but that person who's shy or that person who's you know working you know 16 hours if they're saying look you know it's you know, either feed my children or sing on the choir or something like that, mm-hmm. then we, we want to stay, you know, flexible and maybe give them opportunities to say, well, look, you know, if you can't be there every time, so on and so forth, at least, you know, show up such and such amount of time or whatever the case might be. But for the person who says, this is just my opinion, for the mm-hmm. person who says, you know, um, unless I get the, the solo, unless I get the star and roll, you know, or I just don't feel like um, the church deserves that much of my time or that much of my attention, I would suggest that they... Consider, you know, the um, the nature of the heart, mm. you know, because I, I'll tell you, I've never once. This is just my experience. I've never spoken to a backslider who said to me, "I really don't like Jesus anymore." And you know, I mean, there are people like that who just say, mm. "I don't want to serve the Lord anymore," so on and so forth. But most of them will say, you know, "I love the Lord. I still pray. I still read my Bible. I just don't go to church anymore." Mm-hmm. Or I'm just not submitted to any authority anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so that's it's always a danger sure. when you don't come under spiritual authority. Um, there's a danger of of trying to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And and, and until the thing works out exactly the way you want it, you're not going to participate at all. There's there's a danger. You know. Yeah. And the danger transcends losing your call. It it, it begins to move into losing your place in the body. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean. So yeah. you know, I would always advise a person to, to just to step out and and to give what you can. You might not be able to give as much as the next person. Give what you can. Right. But never hold back because you're not getting your way or you know you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah. So so if God calls you to do something and he's already packaged in you yes. what's necessary to do it. Yes. I mean it would be yes. insane yes. for him to say, hey, do this and there's nothing in you to do it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, and, and packaged around you. Right. The people that can draw it out. Exactly. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So you're not as long as you're not alone, as long as you're not coming out from under authority People will draw you. So, in your case, you drew me out of out of my shyness. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. So that I can I can at least express myself in that aspect of my character that I would have been kind of you know I, I suffocated. Right. You know, right. had I had I not, and it would have poured over into other aspects of my ministry. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't take away the calling. Right. Right. Um, and here's the thing about God. If yeah. we don't do it, somebody else will. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly you know, right. There's always another ram in the bush. You yes. Know, so. <laughs> so exactly. Because it'll, it'll get done. Yes, it'll, it will. It'll, it'll, yes, just it may will. be with somebody else. And That's then the worst exactly part right. of that for us is yeah. that we're on the outside now looking at somebody doing Absolutely. what we know we were called to do. Absolutely. You know? And it begins to flow into other aspects of our life, other aspects of our psyche, other aspects of our relationships. Right. When you say no to God, um, it, you, you're beginning to develop a, a bad habit mm. and and what happens is the the more you say no to him the easier it becomes to say mm. no to him in other areas right. you know what i mean and one one thing the lord showed me i i haven't you know perfected this yet but i know i know it to be the case and i'm moving toward it is the lord told me that it's in it's an oxymoron a contradiction in terms to say no lord right. you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying <laughs> if he's lord you say yes and uh-huh. if he's not then you say no but no lord is a contradiction in terms yeah, you know yeah. what i mean so we want to get out of the habit of saying no to the Lord, you know, because I mean? it won't just affect our calling in the music ministry. It will affect every aspect right. of our being. Right. Yeah. Amen. Pastor yeah. William, this was great. Praise this was God. absolutely Amen. great. And I, I had trust a great that time. our listeners have been blessed by this. If you've got any additional questions on this topic, um, we do encourage you to write us, email us, uh, hit us up on Facebook, and Sheba and Jesse will, will follow up with you on that. Any closing thoughts? I just want to say thank you. I, I listen to the podcasts all the time, and I am blessed. And yeah. I, in the middle of my day, it just puts a song in my heart. And um, thank everybody in this room for what you're doing. And I'm happy to be a part of this conversation. Amen. Praise God. Well, thanks for being here. <laughs> You've been blessed as well. Praise God. And as we grow this podcast and sharpen it, uh, we're certainly going to have you back to pour into us and to pour into our listeners as well. And remember, for those of you who listen, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission.
take joy, my King, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because music with a mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet. And don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timescorechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, Patrick Dow, CEO of Nikki Cruz Outreach, discusses the use of hip-hop and other arts in inner-city evangelism. 